Do you want to know what it is? The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now, in this very room, you can see it when you look out your window or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work. We're going to talk about the history of the Central Intelligence Agency and some of the things that they've been doing, spying on us, violating our civil rights, our human rights, our constitutional rights, since 1947 when the National Security Act was signed by Harry Truman. The CIA was created after World War II and it was designed to keep an eye on foreign governments and supposedly modeled after the MI6, which is the British intelligence agency that does uh, foreign intelligence surveillance. It has, however, uh, been a tremendous failure in every regard, and most especially, it has turned its guns from being directed at foreign governments, which it still does, to extreme violation, extreme manipulation, and extreme hostile acts towards the United States citizens and the United States government itself. This uh, CIA began as the OSS, the Office of Strategic Services, and in 1944, at the end of World War II, they decided they needed some way to keep an eye on these foreign governments and their activities. They didn't want to fall behind on the uh, intelligence activities going on around the world. So they felt like they needed to develop something, and what they came up with was the Central Intelligence Agency, which really wasn't known necessarily as the Central Intelligence Agency at that time. But, uh, folks, it's turned into an abomination, and it needs to be totally disbanded. Uh, Kennedy called for the disbanding of that. Dwight Eisenhower, before that, warned us about the technocracy and the intelligence agencies that were going to, to totally uh, destroy America if we weren't uh, on top of it and if we didn't get on top of it in a hurry. Well, we haven't. And uh, I'm going to go over today in this podcast, I'm going to go over some of the projects and operations and things that they've been involved with that have been uncovered. Now, this doesn't talk about all the things that haven't been uncovered. This doesn't talk about, we're not going to talk about things that haven't been exposed. Everything that I'm going to tell you, everything that we're going to talk about in this podcast is something that is out there that can be researched, that you can prove to your friends, I can prove to you exist with very little research and very little uh, effort. So without further ado, let's take a look at some of the uh, violations of our civil liberties and our constitution and some of the dangerous things that have been going on in America for a very long time. At our... All right, I would like to read a uh, an overview of covert United States involvement in regime change because what we're getting into isn't going to be as much about regime change as it is about violations of the CIA's own charter. All right, 1949 to 1953, uh, the United States CIA was involved in uh, regime change in Albania. 1953, the Iranian coup d'etat. In 1954, the Guatemalan coup d'etat. In 1956 and 1957, the Syria crisis. In 1957-58, the Indonesian Rebellion. All of these things are, are done by the CIA. In 1959-2000, to 2000, the Cuba assassination attempts on Fidel Castro. Guys, if you want to know how failed the CIA is, over 100 attempts of assassination on Fidel Castro. Over 100 
failed to kill us. 1960, the Congo coup. 1961, Cuba, Bay of Pigs invasion. 1961, Cuba, Operation Mongoose. 1964, Brazilian coup d'etat. 1970 to 73, Chile. 1976, Argentine coup d'etat. 1979 to 1989, the Afghanistan in, in Afghanistan on Operation Cyclone. In 1980 to 1992 in Angola, UNITA. In 1981 to 87, Nicaragua, Contras. In 1982 in Chad. In 1996, the Iraq coup attempt. In 2012 to 2017 in Syria, Timber Sycamore. Guys, that is just an overview of the times that the United States has been involved in what we call regime change, which is, uh, by the way, they left off one in 2016 to 2019, they tried to overthrow the United States government, and they have uh, tried to overthrow overthrow the uh, Trump administration, and uh, that is all coming to light in, in the current press. So let's go back now and look at uh, some of the times that they violated uh, each of our, our civil liberties or were involved in some sort of unscrupulous, illegal, or unconstitutional activity among American citizens implanted a microphone into the cat's ear canal, a small radio transmitter at the base of his skull, and a thin wire into its fur. This would allow the cow to innocuously record and transmit sound from its surroundings. Due to problems with distraction, the cat's, the cat's sense of hunger had to be addressed in other operations. Uh, they spent about $20 million on this. The first acoustic kitty mission, they were going to drop a cat off to spy on and eavesdrop on uh, two men outside of a Soviet compound in the Wisconsin Avenue in Washington, D.C. They released the cat nearby, but uh, almost immediately it was hit and killed by a taxi cab. So, uh, yeah, this is one of their uh, Keystone Cop type activities, but there you go. Let's start with A for Acoustic Kitty. Okay, the Air Bridge Denial Program. This is comical because later you'll find out that the Central Intelligence Agency has been the largest drug dealers in the history of our country. It's not even close, guys. The Air Bridge Denial Program was an anti-narcotics program, which means they were keeping anyone else from dealing the drugs that they were dealing by the Central Intelligence Agency in Colombia and Peru in the 1990s. It targeted traffickers transporting illicit drugs through the air by forcing down suspicious aircraft using lethal force if necessary. Let me translate this for you. Anybody else flying drugs out of that area had their planes shot down, and, or they were forced down and had their planes and their drugs seized. This is what the government did for a long time. But, in the CIA tradition, on April 20th, 2001, a small plane carrying, uh, carrying a family of four missionaries and their pilot was tracked by a CIA spotter plane as a drug running plane and they shot it down and they killed Veronica Bowers and her infant daughter and her husband Jim and their son Corey and the pilot Kevin Donaldson managed to survive after crash landing in the Amazon River despite having serious leg wounds. Another major victory and why would they run this air bridge denial program? Why would they go through all this expense on these aircraft? because they did not want competition, folks, and you will figure that out later. The CIA is the largest drug dealer in the history of America. They flooded inner cities and black neighborhoods with cocaine. They flooded the country with marijuana. They are responsible for all of these things. 
Okay, Patriots, as much as I hate to do it, it's time to go down a rabbit hole with David Ick. Listen to this, and you'll know where this is. 17th century. century. And I'll make this brief. The detail's all in the book. A man emerged, um, a Jewish man, called Sabbatai Zevi. And he claimed to be the Jewish Messiah. Messiah uh, had arrived. And um, he gathered behind him a phenomenal um, following. Um, all the stuff about this in the book comes from Jewish sources who know about this. And he had a million followers at one point. We're looking at the 17th century. And he created a cult which inverted everything. This is the whole basis of it. So whatever Judaism stood for, it would invert and do the opposite. And this cult became known as Sabbateanism. And so if you had a day in Judaism, which was a day of fasting, then in Sabbateanism, it would be a day of feasting. They inverted everything. So if you had a taboo about sex with children, Sabbateanism would not only remove the taboo, it would make it something to be desired, something to do. And the way they sold this in this cult was that um, the more evil you do, basically the quicker God will come and sort it out. I mean, you know, I know, but that's how they sold it. And this cult eventually led to a point where Sabatai Zevi was in the Ottoman Empire in Turkey. And he was given a choice by the Sultan to either um, renege on his Sabbateanism religion and become a Muslim, or he'd get the business. And he decided that he would, um, he would, on, on considering it, I think I'll become a Muslim. But of course, that was only on the surface. And Sabbateanism, uh, uh, and so many were following Sabbatai Zebi, um, followed Sabbateanism within the apparently uh, conversion to Islam. And these people became known in the Islamic world as the Donma, which means to turn, is that these Donma ended up um, infiltrating the Islamic religion and becoming the Saudi royal family and um, becoming, creating, I explained the background and the history, in league with the British Empire, the um, Wahhabi form of extreme Islam, which manifests as the Saudi Arabian version and of ISIS, Islamic State. These are creations of the Donma, who are not Muslim, but Sabbateans, a cult, a satanic cult, which by the way, as I make clear and Jewish sources make clear in the book, hate Jewish people, hate them with a vengeance. And what this um, Sabbateanism then became in the next century, the 18th century, was what I call in the book, right to present day, Sabbatean Frankism. And this is because of a man called Jacob 
Frank, who has been described by Jewish sources as basically one of the most evil people ever to emerge in the Jewish community. Jacob Frank claimed to be the reincarnation of Sabbatai Zevi, in other words, the Messiah, and the reincarnation of the biblical patriarch Jacob. And he took Sabbateanism onto an even greater level of evil and inversion. And every horror you can think of was a good thing and to be desired in this inverted cult. And what it then did was, as it did in Islam, was develop the, um, the technique of infiltrating communities and other religions. So Jacob Frank and his Sabbatean Frankists infiltrated the Roman Catholic Church, and they did it by posing as Roman Catholic believers, but really they were Sabbatean Frankists, occultists, um, what we would call today Satanists. They um, created Christian Zionism in um, the southern states, particularly of America, and the vast majority, overwhelming majority of Christian Zionists have no idea that that was the case. And there came a point, again, I'm being as brief as I can, where Jacob Frank, with this inverted satanic religion, hooked up with um, Mayor Amstel Rothschild, the founder of the Rothschild dynasty, um, and, and a Sabbatean Frankist. Not a Jewish, person, no, a Sabbatean Frankist, um, the Sabbatean Frankism religion, or what you call it, cult. And those two then hooked up with a guy called Adam Weishaupt, and together they created an organization called the Illuminati, called the Bavarian Illuminati to start with. And interestingly, this cult uh, its Bible is the Kabbalah, the esoteric, mystical uh, work of, of, the, uh, of the Jewish uh, uh, belief system. And particularly a book in the Kabbalah called the Zohar. And Zohar means radiance, illuminated, and that's where Illuminati came from. And they then went about from 1776 when it started, infiltrating um, all these different communities and religions, and they took them over. And it was the Rothschild, Sabbatean Frankist cult that created Israel, and is behind, indeed is the Saudi royal family today, is the inner circle of so many of these organizations. And I show in the book in a chapter so called- The founders the, of Israel and the Saudi royal family are linked. Absolutely. Which would be shocking to hear for most people. But it wouldn't if you do the research because in the background, the Israeli government and the uh, Saudi royal family have been close. And what's happened since the emergence of this utter psychopath called um, the Crown Prince um, Mohammed bin Salman, who was involved in this horrific murder of Jamal Khashoggi um, in Turkey. Um, they have become even close in the public arena in, in many ways, because they are all basically, if you like, donma in their different forms. And in the book in a chapter called Atlantic Crossing, I show how this Sabbatean Frankist cult moved in on America and took over uh, American 
politics, not least through phenomenal, staggering levels of funding, uh, uh, infiltrated the CIA, infiltrated the National Security Agency, the Pentagon, and from that were able to direct... Okay, so there you have it, folks. Uh, you just took a deep trip into the rabbit hole, and it's not going to be the first one, and you're not going to have to memorize all that information. You're going to hear it over and over and over from a hundred different sources. This one was David Ick. Uh, he knows exactly what he's talking about, but he's taking you all the way back to the formulation of the Illuminati, which is the core group of people that are running this planet. And uh, if you think George Soros is bad, George Soros is a puppet too. Uh, he's taking you to the, to the big wigs. But we'll talk more about it as it becomes relevant. But I wanted you to know that uh, why the CIA was so corrupt. And I wanted you to know that it wasn't by accident and that uh, we were aware of it. And we will continue now with some more of the ongoing uh, uh, travesty of the CIA violating our human rights and so on and so forth. And we will resume where we left off in the A's. Okay, let's talk about the American Committee on United Europe. United Europe. Does that ring a bell? How about the European Union? Here is the foundation of the European Union. Remember, the first person who wanted to integrate and totally unite uh, Europe was a guy named Adolf Hitler. His goal was to have a single country, Europe as a single country. The American Committee on United Europe. You're going to start hearing some names and organizations here. Whenever I say red flag, I want you to think about these names because you're going to hear them for the next couple of years in my podcast because you're going to learn who's really running the world and who the globalists are. The people that you thought were good, you're going to find out aren't so good. But let's continue. The CIA's American Committee on United Europe. They love these nice sounding names. Boy, that sounds so good, doesn't it? The American Committee on United Europe, founded in 1948, was a private American organization that sought to counter communism in Europe by promoting European political integration. Sounds so good. Its first chairman was William Joseph Donovan, red flag, who had left the government after the war and was in private law practice. The vice chairman was Alan Dulles, red flag, who had also left the government and was in private practice. They later, he later joined the CIA in 1951. A board member was Walter Bettel Smith, the U.S. ambassador to the Soviet Union, who later joined the CIA in 1950. The structure of the organization was outlined in the early summer of 1948 by Donovan, Red Flag, and Dulles, Red Flag, by then also reviewing the organization of the Central Intelligence Agency. In response to assistant requests, in response to assistance requests by Richard von Kudahov College and Winston Churchill. Red flag. Declassified American documents have shown that the ACUE received foundation money it used to help fund both the European movement and the European youth campaign. Both communist folks, both Nazi Germany founded, started, oh my god, the ACUE itself received funding from the Rockefeller, ding ding ding, red flag, red flag, red flag, and Ford Foundation's red flag, red flag, red flag. 
Isn't it sad that the Ford Foundation is one of the most corrupt, communist-loving organizations in the history of the United States? And isn't it horrible that the Rockefeller, if you knew his background, and, uh, oh gosh, uh, the Luciferian movement, the entire satanic movement, all began back there with the Rothschilds and a little cult that we will learn about on another day, and uh, the nation of Israel and uh, the nation of Saudi Arabia, the royal family, all come from the same group, and that's why they've never been at war. But we'll talk about that another time. Right now, let's focus on the CIA. So the CIA is funding this uh, European youth campaign, European movement. And uh, to make a long story short, by the mid-1950s, the CIA was funneling over a million dollars a year. That's one of those big money, folks. To organizations supporting European federalism, sounds like the Council of Europe, the European Coal and Steel Community, and the European Defense Community. Now, what a lot of people don't know is this was just the first of the three things in the Trilateral Commission. Now, this is the United, this is the European Union. We were also supposed to have an Asian Union and a North American Union. You know, the whole NAFTA thing with Canada and Mexico and America. Yeah, we were going to be one big happy family, folks, just like the European Union. And then those three groups, the Asian, the uh, North American and European unions were all going to just uh, be governed under one big happy program, and that was going to be the one world government. So you've seen the very beginning of the shape of that being promoted by the CIA through the American Committee on a United Europe. Okay, at this time I would like to mention to you that I'm skipping over an awful lot of uh, projects and operations that are named after uh, ships. Because this is a time whenever they were doing the same thing with ships that they were doing with uh, the aircraft. People that were uh, had ships full of weapons and guns and drugs and people and, uh, and so on were being uh, attacked and sunk at sea because uh, the CIA doesn't like competition. <laughs> I don't know how to say it any other way. They just don't like competition, so they try to destroy it. All right, Project Artichoke. Project Artichoke is also referred to as Operation Artichoke. It's a CIA project that researched interrogation methods. It was preceded by Project Bluebird. Bluebird. You know, like the little birdie, the bluebird. Artichoke officially arose in 1951. It was a CIA's Office of Scientific Intelligence operation. The goal of Project Artichoke was to determine whether a person could be involuntarily made to perform an act of attempted assassination. Well, they just don't beat around the bush, do they? So they wanted to see if they could force a person to perform an act of attempted assassination. And you want to believe that false flags don't exist? Or <laughs> that there aren't patsies? Okay, whatever you want to believe. The project also studied hypnosis, forced morphine addiction, and the subsequent forced withdrawal. <laughs> oh, so you want some morphine? Well, here's what I want you to do. I don't want to do that. Well, I guess you don't want the morphine. And the use of other chemicals, including LSD. They love LSD, folks. They love LSD. Lots of LSD use over the years. To produce amnesia in other vulnerable states and subjects. Project Artichoke led to what we call Project MK Ultra, which began in 1953, and we'll talk about that a little bit more, in a little bit more detail. 
Now, any of these you want to look up, you can. I'm not going to go into great detail. I just want you to know that these things exist. If you want to look and find out the, the uh, details about some of these things, you can. Uh, you can find out that they were injecting people with viruses, that they were uh, addicting people to hallucinogenics. Uh, oh, my gosh. It goes on and on and on. It just, it's a long list of unethical human experimentation uh, in the United States. You can look up Frank Olson, Bluebird, Chatter, M.K. Naomi, M.K. Often, and M.K. Ultra. All of these things are a part of this. But the CIA loves to play with your brains, and they'll do it voluntarily or involuntarily. It doesn't matter to them. You are just a piece of material. I'm going to include one more A. <laughs> one more from the list uh, that begins with A, and it's the assassination attempts on Fidel Castro. And I only want to bring this up because I think it's important that you understand that yes, we assassinate uh, foreign leaders, and this was exposed in the church committee, which ding, 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 you're gonna hear about that a lot. John F. Kennedy, who was a great president, did not like all this crap. Um, <laughs> John F. Kennedy, bless his heart, they killed him. But anyway, before the Bay of Pigs, and since the Bay of Pigs, there have literally been hundreds, hundreds of attempts to assassinate Fidel Castro. I, I don't say that with any glee, and I don't say it with any sense of pride, because, I mean, how many times, there, there are some studies that say it was up to, up to 638 different ways to kill Castro. In fact, it was a documentary film entitled 638 Ways to Kill Castro in 2006. Um, but at any rate, I just wanted to mention that, uh, yes, they did try to assassinate uh, and he knew they were, and, he, and, and of course they called him conspiracy theorist and said he was paranoid, because that's their defense in every case, it's always their defense, but yes, there were hundreds of, uh, probably at least, at least 250 maybe, maybe as many as 400 assassination attempts on Fidel Castro, all unsuccessful by the CIA, and that concludes the all right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to end today's podcast right there where it's at. It's about as much as, a, <laughs> as I think you can handle for one day. There's so much more coming, guys. We just broke the A's in the alphabet soup, and we're just talking about the CIA. And I introduced you to David Eck and a little bit of background on where these evil people are coming from. You're going to hear the same names over and over. You're going to see these people behind the scenes in all of the agencies and all of the politics and in all of the nations of the world and you're going to know before it's all over with exactly what the problem is the question becomes how do we fight it and we'll deal with that as we get there so god bless you thank you for being patriotic stay tuned tell your friends to tune in tell them to start with broadcast 121 realjohnnybravo.com realjohnnybravo.com Stay tuned, folks. It gets better and better. The truth is going to you. You take the red pill. You stay in wonder. After this, there is no turning back. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth. Nothing thick. Just let me think. Because who does actually strive to do it?
words are for the means to be enthusiasts who will listen great devotion who spills the truth and truth in and with the very best those in the end of the triumph of a high and true wide. You know, Ladies and gentlemen, Johnny Bravo never charges for content. Never. I will never ask for your donations. But what I will do is I'll offer a t-shirt every month that has a pretty sharp little saying on there that I like. Usually it's a shirt that I wear or I have. And if you do buy that shirt, we do get a small portion of that contribution and we use that to help pay for the bandwidth on our programming. So be sure you go to the store and check out the t-shirts that are available. We have one each month that's available and it usually has some sort of common sense saying on there, something that uh, we call them silently screaming t-shirts where you can be the loudest voice in the room without ever saying a word. So check out our selection. It changes every month. If you see something you like, pick it up. We'll get a few dollars from it. If we don't sell enough of them that month of that design, then your money will be refunded to you. So no harm, no foul. Take a look at the shirts. And while you're there, take a look at Color Street. That's our sponsor. And man, they have some incredible things there. And guys, don't you think for a minute that you can't have this sent to your wife and her appreciate you every time she looks at her hands. So thank you. Have a wonderful day and continue to be a patriot. We love you for it.